Welcome to the River of Life Church podcast, your home for weekly messages that will equip you in your spiritual growth. Thank you from everyone here at ROLC and enjoy the sermon. Everything and everyone has a name. Look at the person next to you or behind you and say, you've got a name. Everything, everyone has a name. What does a name do? It provides distinguish. It provides distinction. It reveals a location. Where are you headed? Oh, going over to you name the town. You name the city. You name the, if it's for lunch or dinner somewhere, you name the, the, the actual establishment. And by that name, people know where you're going. That name brings distinction. It also provides a brand of food. You go into certain aisles, it'll say produce. Certain aisles will say coffee and baking aisles and and dairy. All of those signages provide names, and those names give you location. You give you the food that you're looking to purchase and bring home. Names can provide a treatment. Someone has a surgery. There's a specific name for a surgical procedure. An event, I'm going to, whether it's a sporting event or whether it's the movies or a concert, when you name the name of the event, it takes and shows you what is transpiring. It also provides someone's identity. Did you know that the name you have is really a prophetic statement of your life? Some people may feel, no, my, my parents just picked this name out of a hat, and that's what I was named. God, I believe, because we see it all through Scripture, and I don't believe Scripture has changed for our present day and age. Amen? Amen. A name really is a prophetic statement. Think about it. Mary and Joseph didn't choose the name for Jesus. God the Father did. He named his son. And the name Jesus, and we're going to get into this more further on in this message, But the name Jesus actually reveals who his son was and is and always will be. So as I began to think about this message today, I began to think about my name, Cindy's name. So I found a website, and I would encourage all of you to do the same, because find out the name that you have as far as what it declares over your life. I think you'll be blessed. I went to namestories.com. Let me say it again. Write it down. Namestories.com. Looked up my name, the name Craig, and this is what it is defined as. It says rock, powerful, inspirational. I'm liking it so far. (laughs) Ambitious, bright, highly intuitive, uplifting, charismatic, independent, creative. Now, my name was given to me before I accomplished anything. But what much of what the Lord has done through my 66 plus years of life, especially as I grew in age and knowledge, some of what I feel my life has demonstrated, I see within the definition of the name. So I said, what does is, what is the name Cindy portray and define as? Light, dynamic, born leader, persevering, Tenacious, successful, determined, courageous. So look up your name. 
See what your name declares over your life. Find out what God has prophetically spoken about you. Sometimes, because of the world we live in, people around us create labels. And sometimes the labels aren't so good. And some labels are even aggressive and destructive. And it causes people to think differently of themselves from how God thinks of us. I think a good place to start and seeing what God has purposed over your life, even before you had an opportunity to do anything, see what your name declares. Again, we see this with Jesus. His name, Yeshua, Yahshua, Joshua. It's defined as Savior. Jesus, in his incarnation, had not accomplished one thing, but yet, before he was even born, that name declared his destiny. That name declared his purpose. That name declared his pathway. So names are important. Don't kid yourself. Don't play yourself down. God has something special destined for your life. And the more we begin to find out what God is speaking over us, we can begin to speak the same things. Cindy and I, a couple years back, we were vacationing. And the waiter that came to our table, Cindy and I introduced ourselves. And then he introduced himself and his name. Quite interesting. Obed. In Scripture, you find Obed-Edom. Do you know that the name Obed means worshiper? So I said to our waiter, I said, do you know your name is in the Bible? He goes, I've heard that. So I said, this is great. Divine opportunity. So I, and, and of course, Jesus, you ever notice when Jesus met people, he always made it about them. If you want to be effective in ministry, and if you want people to be drawn to you rather than running away from you, Never make it about yourself, make it about others. That's the Jesus way, amen? So I said to him, I said, your name actually means worshiper. And some of the things I already shared about your name is a prophetic statement over your life. I said, God actually spoke that name over your life. From your first breath on, this was a part of your DNA spiritually. And I said, so God is really calling you and created you to be a worshiper. Then Cindy and I began to feel the presence of God right there in that hotel restaurant. How many believe God can show up at a hotel restaurant if we'll lift up his name? Amen. And so we shared with him. We shared and spoke what God would have us speak over his life. And I ended with telling him, I said, remember, your name declares your purpose and your significance. And do you know every single one of you? That's why I want you Go to namestories.com and see what is being prophetically spoken over your life. You need to see your value. You need to see your worth. You need to see your purpose. You need to see what God himself is believing for you. And if God believes it, if we'll embrace it, it'll come to pass. Somebody shout me down. Amen. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm looking at a miracle right now. Just look at the person next to you and say that. I'm looking at a miracle right now. Now we see all of this about names, and again, the name of Jesus. The same thing is applicable. 
His name is a prophetic word that declared what he had been called by the Father and empowered by the Holy Spirit to fulfill. So I don't want to look at Philippians chapter 2. We'll be reading verses 9 through 11 as we look at the power, the prophetic utterance of a name. Therefore, Paul says, God also has highly exalted him, Jesus, and given him the name, not a name, but the name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue from nation to nation, those with the breath of life, every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father, of God the Father. Amen. Holy Spirit, anoint your servant. And I pray your anointing on this congregation, in this auditorium, those worshiping online. I pray that every heart and mind would be opened. They would find destiny. They would find purpose. They would find hope. That, Lord, revelation would be in this room with everyone that is hearing this word, so that they'll begin to see the destiny and the significance of their lives. Holy Spirit, I think it's already done. I love you. Amen. Today, I want to look, obviously, at Jesus, the name above all names. Just for a moment, just, just everyone just say, Jesus. Jesus. Say it. Say it out loud. Jesus. You feel something when you say his name? I feel a stirring in my spirit when I say his name. I think of all that God has been so faithful to do for me when I declare his name. I can't imagine my life without Jesus in it. The roads I've walked, the things I've faced, just like all of you. We're all facing something. And to know that Jesus, Savior, my rescuer, he's there, that ever-present help in time of trouble. Jesus, name above all names. Now, you can read history books, and history is filled with names of great individuals. We, we could begin one by one to declare some of those names. History has recorded the lives of many, and because of their accomplishments, their names have been echoed and remembered. But when it comes to the name of Jesus, that name stands alone, which is why his name, Scripture says, Paul declares in our text this morning, it's why his name, the name of Jesus, is first highly exalted in heaven. Heaven came before earth. Heaven is God's throne. Do you know heaven just like God himself has no beginning? There are three heavens according to Scripture. Paul brings this out in his epistles. There's the first heaven, the atmospheric heaven, where the birds fly, the oxygen that we gain from the very atmosphere around us. That's the first heaven. The second heaven is the solar system's the interplanetary 
areas of, of beyond the atmosphere. And then there's the third heaven, God's throne. The third heaven, as Paul says, God's throne, had no beginning. It's like God. I mean, how many of you believe God has ever been homeless? And the scripture is very clear that God was, is, and ever will be. He's eternal, not infinite. Eternal goes beyond infinity. Infinity has a starting point with no ending point. Eternity has no beginning point, nor any ending point. That's why God, he's eternal. He was, he is, he always will be. And his throne, heaven, is the same. They're one. Now, some of you are probably doing this. Somebody online saying, hmm, pastor, that hurts my brain. <laughs> Eternity cannot be fathomed by finite minds. That's why he's God. And so when we begin to look at his name, before time and creation existed, Scripture is very clear, Jesus was there. He was already there. His incarnation started 2,000 years ago in a Bethlehem stable when he drew his first breath. But Jesus existed before his earthly form. He was, he is, he always will be. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever. Look at the following scriptures, Genesis chapter 1. The beginnings as we know it for this planet. Then God said, this is, this is very important, everyone listen, follow along. Then God said, let us, plural, make man in our image, plural, according to our likeness, plural. So what we see with this is God was equating whoever he was speaking with and to on the same level of deity as himself. In fact, theologians and scholars bring out that this is the first reference in all of the Bible to the Trinity. So God the Father was speaking to God the Son and God the Holy Ghost. Let us, deity, the three yet one, make man in our image. So here we see that the existence of Jesus Christ preceded everything as we know it on this planet. Look at John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Another title for the name of Jesus is the Word. He was the Word made flesh. Look at what Jesus says to the religious leaders who were challenging his authority and really challenging his deity too. Trying to debunk his fulfillment of being Messiah. And Jesus responds to them, very significant in John 8, 58, says, Jesus said to them most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. You have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the patriarchs of the Judeo-Christian faith. They're just as important to Christianity as they are to Judaism. There would be no Christianity no Messiah, without all of the foundation of the law, the words of the prophets, the books of poetry, 
The Word of God paved the way so people could recognize the Word made flesh when he introduced himself in that Bethlehem stable. When Jesus said, I am, he was referencing the same title that God spoke to Moses when Moses was given the challenge to go to Egypt, confront Pharaoh, and to also speak to the Israelite people about their freedom, their deliverance. After 410 years, they were going to be set free from the captivity and bondage of Egypt. Moses says, Lord, I'm a convicted felon. I was exiled from this, this nation. I'm forbidden never to come back. So who shall I say is sending me? Because I have no credibility. My name is Mud. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Which actually comes from the Civil War, that idiom, from a gentleman who was a traitor to, the, uh, to our nation, and his last name was Mud. So a little nugget for you. You can look up more and get more details later. So Moses, he had no credibility. So he says, who shall I say has sent me? And that's when God in that burning bush spoke to him in an audible voice. You tell them I am that I am has sent you. So when Jesus was speaking to the religious leaders and the people gathered around, when he said, ah, before Abraham was, I am, he was declaring his deity. And that's when the religious leaders, they ripped their garment and began to shout blasphemy. But Jesus spoke truth. So here we see again that even before time and creation existed, Jesus was there. Jesus preceded creation, followed creation, and will outlast all that is and yet to come. If you believe that, say amen. amen. We see in Revelation chapter 4, verse 8, this confirmation. Scripture reads, the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. That means nothing hidden. And they do not rest day or night saying, holy, holy, holy. Holy is God the Father. Holy is God the Son. Holy is God the Spirit. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was the Ancient of Days and is and is to come. Again, all of heaven bows to that name, the name of Jesus. The name above all names. We see this in Scripture. He has no beginning. He has no end. And when Jesus took form, when he took on the embodiment of humanity, his name was not only exalted in heaven, but then at that moment, his name was exalted on earth. In the present tense, the moment he took on bodily form, that's when two kingdoms collided. They collided when the kingdom of light came to earth and invaded the kingdom of darkness. When you look at the Lord's Prayer, you'll see how that again is God, Jesus, being glorified and every knee bowing at the mention of his name, not only in heaven as we just saw a moment ago, but on earth. Look at Matthew 6.10. Again, the disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray. 
And so he gave them a model, a pathway of prayer to implement and to incorporate to their daily prayer life. And the portion we want to look at is Matthew 6.10 when Jesus says, Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. At one time prior to the fall, the earth was in alignment and in agreement and one with heaven. But when Eve and then Adam disobeyed and ate of the forbidden fruit, there was a breaking, a gulf was created. And so Satan tried to take advantage during that gulf of time, that gap of time. And he tried to accelerate. Remember when the flood came? The flood came, why? Because evil was rampant upon the earth. And then after all of that finalized and dryness was restored to this planet, God left us a promise of a rainbow that he would never again flood the earth to deal with sin. He dealt with sin by flooding the earth with his presence through his son Jesus which introduced the age of grace. Heaven invaded the earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's when darkness meant light, but darkness couldn't prevail. Aren't you glad for that? The miracles of Jesus, do you know what they did, church? They authenticated the authority of and in his name. And that's important to understand because so much has been done through a spiritual strategy from the kingdom of hell to discredit and defame the name of Jesus. Satan wants not only the world, but even Christians too familiar in a negative way with his name. Where it becomes so commonplace, we lose sight of whose name that is what his name represents, what his name provides. That's why when people experience degrees of road rage, they'll pull up next to each other and in a defamatory way, in a blasphemous way, they'll say, his name, what's the matter with you, man? And that name again, defaming, blaspheming. When I got saved, I asked God to help me with my tongue. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you hear yourself. And you'll have to do that to the day you draw your last breath. But I promise you, if you ask, he'll help you. Do not take his name in vain as if it's happenstance. Just in the moment, that name is reserved for relationship. That name is deserved for and reserved for intimacy and worship. And if we take and declare the name of Jesus Christ in an inappropriate way, or we associate a damning with the name of God at the same time, ask the Holy Spirit to forgive you and to help you to be sensitive so that we honor that name. Satan wants us so familiar, the world, with the name, we lose sight of what it really represents. Just like he wants you to lose sight of what your name declares over you prophetically. The name of Jesus is a prophetic declaration over our lives. His name meaning Savior means his name is a prophetic declaration of healing. When your body is stricken with sickness and disease, 
You want a healer. When a doctor says, I can only do so much, and the rest is in God's hands, what better hands to be in? But we want to make sure that we honor the name of Jesus at every venture, every point of our life, so that we are attracting his presence. Because, you know, the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. And then we have that mindset, that attitude of worshiping Jesus, declaring his name with reverence, with honor, with affection, with love, with intimacy, with appreciation, with gratitude. You're attracting his presence. And sometimes when there may be a strategy that is about to hammer your life or hammer your family or someone close to you because you are maintaining the presence of God by reverencing his name, not being so familiar you lose sight of the authority and the deity attached to that name. When you maintain his presence in your life, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. You know, I'm glad there's a kingdom waiting for me up there one day. But I want that kingdom surrounding me right now, today. Amen? That's why we may not know what we'll face. But thank God no weapon formed against us will prosper. But if we lose sight of that name, the authority, the power, the deity, the holiness. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. And we can find ourselves blindsided. Do you know, I love where it says in Scripture that even before our prayers are uttered, he answers them. So I says the steps of the righteous are order of the Lord. God prepares the way even before we even have an inkling that that's the way we need to go. He creates a pathway in the wilderness. You ever been lost in the wilderness? We have military in our church. and We have one as an army ranger. And when he did his training as a ranger... He was dropped in the middle of nowhere and had to survive. Aren't you glad that when we feel like we have been dropped in the middle of nowhere when it comes to life and we don't know what direction to go, he makes a way for us in the wilderness. That's why host his presence. Honor his name. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's astounding. I'll say the name of Jesus. It wrecks me. May it be for all of us. Jesus. 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 His name is honored in heaven. His name honored on earth. So that we have access to the same authority and power that Jesus demonstrated for three and one half years. And look at the difference he made. In just three and one half years. Some of us are just establishing our career in the first three to five years. But Jesus, his impact was so significant that the rippling effect was really like the tremors after a great earthquake. To this day, still making a difference. A difference on earth. Look at what happened with the 70 that Jesus sent out to cast out devils and to heal the sick. Luke 10, 17 says the 70 returned, and this was their testimony, declaring what they had experienced. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Now, there are some people that see a devil behind everything. And we don't want to live with a devil consciousness. We want to live with a Christ consciousness. 
But, everybody say but. but. There is an adversary, the devil, who Peter says goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So there is an adversary. And that's why we need to understand the importance of the name of Jesus. Because there are demonic strategies at times that seek to fulfill what Jesus spoke in John 10.10. The thief comes what? For three things. To steal, to kill, and destroy. And when we understand the authority in the name of Jesus, then when we may be taken by surprise in a moment, we still understand that the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God for pulling down strongholds so that we can pray for the sick and see them healed. We can take authority when there is bona fide demonic possession and influence and see those chains broken because of his name. Nothing can withstand God's overwhelming presence. Did you hear me? Nothing. His name grants access into heaven's storehouse. What's in the storehouse of heaven? Provision, healing. What's the storehouse for? Meeting needs. So we see in his storehouse there's provision, healing, deliverance, restoration, wisdom, understanding, compassion, and more. And this is what drew the multitudes during the days of Jesus' earthly ministry. And it's what will draw people to Jesus in our current day and age of ministry. Look at Matthew 15, 30, and 31. It says, then great multitudes, not just multitudes, but great multitudes, came to him, having with them the lame, the blind, the mute, the maimed, and many others, and they laid them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. Not one person walked away lacking. Everyone who would come to Jesus, he was there to meet that need. So the multitude marveled, verse 31, when they saw the mute speaking, the maimed made whole, the lame walking, the blind man seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. The New Testament is filled with the miraculous. We have been empowered to do the miraculous when miracles are needed. Our missionaries around the world, they see God's supernatural intervention every day, especially when they go into very difficult regions and people groups that are blinded by demon religions. In my own ministry, I have seen the miraculous cancers healed with others in my own body. Cancers healed, deaf ears open, diseases removed, blind eyes open. I even, when Cindy and I first started in ministry, I hadn't even completed my education yet. Cindy and I were in a small Baptist church down in Baltimore. I was asked to fill the pulpit that day. I was greener than green. If you would go to the dictionary and look up green preachers, they had my picture there. <laughs> but aren't you glad that the power and the anointing of Jesus doesn't have anything to do whether you're, 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 you're seasoned or whether you're brand new and unexperienced? The anointing knows no age grouping. Hallelujah. That's why Paul said, let no man despise thy youth, Timothy. And right in the middle of the service, the woman had a stroke. There was a registered nurse sitting behind her. She checked her vitals. She shouts, dial 911. This woman has had a stroke and she's gone into 
cardiac arrest. Just when I was ready to ask the elder of the church, what should we do? I turned to him and he says to me, what should we do? So I just, at that moment, the Holy Spirit quickened me. And he said, son, do what Jesus does. We were singing a hymn. We stopped the song. I said, how many believe this woman has a need? Everyone put their hands up. I said, how many believe that God wants to meet all of our needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus, Philippians 4.19? Everyone said amen. I said, well, we're going to pray for God to heal her. And according to this nurse, she has, she's gone into cardiac arrest. And this woman, unless God intervenes, this is it. I said, if anyone doesn't believe God wants to meet her needs, I couldn't believe I just said what I'm about to tell you. I know it was the Holy Spirit because unity is everything. I said, unless, if any of you are struggling with God to touch and to meet her need, if it's a struggle, just please wait outside while we pray and then come back in. Nobody left. Even if they didn't believe, they were afraid to go out, I'm sure. I probably would have done the same thing had I been in their shoes and not at that place where I was fully confident. All they did was go down and I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke death off of her body. I call all of her vitals into alignment by the name of your precious Son, Jesus Christ. Be healed in Jesus' name. Everyone was quiet. Nothing happened, but don't allow time to determine God. Amen? Time answers to God. God doesn't answer to time. So I said, let's just begin to sing while we wait on the paramedics to come. I remember the hymn to this day. It was the song redeemed. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed. And so happy in Jesus, his child and forever I am. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. And then all of a sudden, before we finish the song, it had to be the Holy Spirit. I just looked down. I, I didn't plan it. I just looked down at the woman. And all of a sudden, she sat up. She was laying, you know, fully across, strewn across the pew. And all of a sudden, and she went, like sucking in air. Then at that moment, the back doors open. The paramedics come in with a gurney. They go to her. They then begin to check her. She says, I'm okay. Then they put her on the gurney. She says, leave me alone. Jesus came to me while I was out, and he told me I was healed, and that's when I felt breath and life enter my body. He spoke to me. They rolled her out in the gurney with her protesting the entire way out. <laughs> this is the Lord. Remember, look up Green Preacher in the Bible. My picture was there. That day, eight hours later, after running everything they needed, just to check and to be diligent. And they should have done that. And I would have recommended with the miracle and all. 
Go show yourself to the priest. Let the miracle be confirmed. Amen? They released her. They documented she had gone into cardiac arrest. They were able to document that she had had a stroke. But no ramifications. Nothing. She lived seven and a half more years than went home to be with Jesus at nearly 90 years of age. Hallelujah. Power in the name of Jesus. Everything in heaven. Everything on earth. And every name under the earth must glorify him. Amen? The name of Jesus, do you know it's feared? And it's known in hell. They know that name. That's why their strategy is to cause people to lose sight. Isn't it amazing how people don't care if you pray, just don't pray in the name of Jesus. God really displayed his greatness in response to the Buffalo Bills defensive back, Damar Hamlin. You can praise God because he did it. I have seen college and NFL players and coaches chastised because they pray when the cameras aren't even on them or after the game at the 50-yard line. But here God knew what Satan was trying to do to a Christian young man who deeply loves Jesus. Look up his testimony. Tremendous young man. And when that accident, when that travesty happened, immediately both teams gathered in prayer. They're on their knees. Do you know they documented that not one fan left the stadium? Not one. Not because they were waiting to hear if the game was canceled, but they were waiting to walk through this and support this young man who desperately at that moment needed a miracle. People on TV, right on the channel it was being broadcasted, I think it was ABC, if I'm not mistaken, that doesn't really matter, but they prayed online. One of the, one of the uh, newscasters, sportscasters, prayed in the name of Jesus. There was an interview later on CNN, and it was a former player that they were interviewing, you know, Anderson Cooper and another individual. And he began to declare the name of Jesus for healing over this Bill's football player. Everywhere people were praying. Social media was blowing up with prayers. LinkedIn blowing up with prayers. Everyone standing, not in the name of Buddha, not in the name of Muhammad, but in the name above all names the name of Jesus. And look at what God did. 2 Chronicles 7.14 in action. If my people. The power of prayer. God showed us what can happen if we pray like that in the name of Jesus. We need to pray over our families like that. We need to pray over our communities like that. 
You need to pray for one another in this body and others that you know. I'm telling you, nothing is beyond God's divine intervention. We just need to ask in the name above all names, Jesus. Paul says in Philippians 2 verse 10, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those things in heaven and of those things on earth and of those under the earth. When we say his name, it causes all of hell to tremble. We did this in the first service. I'd like to do it now. How many of you would like to send a tremor? How many of you would like to shake the foundations of hell right now? Right now, this moment. Then at the count of three, we're just going to say or shout, proclaim the name of Jesus. I want those of you watching online to do the same. Pastor, I'm, I'm here all by myself. You know what? You may be there via online connection. But listen, God is an audience of one as well as an audience of many. So at the count of three, let's shout his name. We're going to send an earthquake into hell, rattle their very foundations, but it's also going to release his anointing in this house. Because I know there are people with needs in this auditorium. And we want to declare his name and break any grip, any stronghold, and let everyone in heaven, on earth, and even those under the earth. Know who is Lord. The count of three, you're going to shout unashamedly. Amen? Amen. Say, Pastor, this is radical. Well, radical times demand radical responses. Amen? And I want to be a radical Christian. Hallelujah. The count of three. One, two, get ready. With all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Three, Jesus! Now, we just made a difference simply by declaring his name. What about the man that Jesus delivered from the Gadarene tombs? This was a man that nobody had answers or hope or help for. Finally, this man, the religious leaders and the synagogues couldn't do a thing for him. So they removed him as far away from the city as they could. They wanted to remove his presence and silence his voice. So that no cries of help, because this man, the spiritual leaders, couldn't do a thing. So the ego and the pride of the spiritual leaders was challenged. They didn't want to look bad in front of the people. The political leaders couldn't do a thing with him. They tried to bind him in chains and put him in a prison. And he would snap the chains as if they were feathers. So they took him as far away, out of sight, out of mind. But he wasn't out of God's sight. Scripture records he would cut himself daily and cry out at night. He was crying out, God, help me. And God hears the cries of the broken and the abandoned. He does. He does. That's why they got on that boat. Jesus said, we're going to the other side. So he was so confident because he had released his word. And when Jesus speaks it, it happened. Somebody say amen. amen. They got in the boat. Jesus took a nap. But Satan didn't want Jesus reaching the other side. Because if Jesus got to this man, he would change the man. Free the man. So a storm arose. Finally, the disciples couldn't deal with the severity of the waves and the wind. So they wake Jesus up. He comes topside. They rebuke Jesus and say, don't you care that we're about to die? 
Are you so euphoric that you think you can just sleep through this? No, he just had confidence in the word. Amen? And Jesus simply spoke. He didn't put on a show. He didn't shout. I know I shout a lot sometimes. You know, it doesn't increase the anointing. It just feels good. I'm making a joyful noise. Jesus simply said, peace be still. Instantly. Instantly. The waves and the wind were silenced. They reached the other side. The man saw Jesus. And he came running to Jesus. And the man, and not only the man, but the demons in him. All of them, when they came to the presence of Jesus, he bowed down. The man couldn't even speak for himself then. But the demon said, have you come to harass us before our time? Jesus spoke the word. He was set free and clothed, sitting in his right mind. He went on to become one of the first missionary evangelists, planted multiple churches in that region. He wanted to go with Jesus and the disciples. Jesus said, no, they know you here. Let them see what God the Father can do in the most broken lives. His testimony was his platform. All because of Jesus' name above all names. That's why I preach. That's why I do this. I love him. He's changed me. That's why anyone that knows me, I do for the Lord with all my heart, all my soul, my mind, all my strength. I don't strive, but I pursue excellence. Not because I want a good performance, but because I want to give God my best. He gave me his son. The father gave his best. How could we give any less. Hallelujah. His name is known under the earth. Remember the demon boy that were brought to the disciples by the father who would throw himself into the fire, tried to kill himself? Jesus wasn't there when he was first brought to the disciples. He, Peter, James, and John were on the Mount of Transfiguration having a chat with Elijah and Moses. I'd like to have a chat with Elijah and Moses. Hallelujah. And still live. <laughs> And so after Jesus came down, the father runs up to Jesus because the disciples have, were, were of no avail. They just they couldn't rectify this problem, this situation. So the father shares his story with Jesus, and Jesus simply spoke the word. Come out. No theatrics. Come out. And the boy was instantly delivered. Authority, the name of Jesus over everything under the earth. What about the seven sons of Sceva? Don't try to use the name of Jesus if you don't have the authority as a part of God's family. If you're not a Christian, the name of Jesus works for the prayer of salvation. Then beyond that, all the other amenities and, and all of the other benefits come into play. But these seven sons of Sceva, they were itinerant exorcists. They would go around from place to place praying for people who were demonized, and they would charge money for it. Aren't you glad Jesus doesn't charge money for his miracles? Hallelujah. 
Salvation is free and all of his, his blessings too. And so they had seen Jesus while he was an earthly form minister. They had watched the apostles, especially Paul. So they found this guy, this, these people brought this guy to him that was demon-possessed. And so these seven sons of Sceva, who was a priest in the area, they go over and they say, man, if we, if we can get this one done, we'll really increase our clientele. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing, but that was their motivation, money. More people, more money. So they go up to this demon-possessed man, and if anybody ever prays for you like this, run away. But they said to this man, in the name of Jesus, who Paul serves, come out. If you need a prayer of healing, you're in the hospital. In the name of Jesus, who Pastor Craig serves. I'll just wait for Pastor Craig or somebody else that has the same kind of relationship. It says, the demon spoke back. Jesus I know. Paul I know. I like to embellish a little bit like this. But I would think the demon then said, but who the heck are you? Right? Who are you? And then the demons and this man jumped on these seven brothers beat them to a pulp, stripped them of their clothes, and sent them running in shame. You see, when we come in our lives to him, there is a passing on of the authority. We have legal right to exercise his name because we're part of his family. The name Christian, it means anointed once. Jesus was the Christ, the anointed, and Christians is a title meaning anointed ones to exercise the same authority. Praise the Lord. Hell fears the man or woman who understands the spiritual authority found in Christ. Paul says we're joint heirs with Jesus. Look at the results in Luke 10, 19. When Jesus empowered the 70, he then went on to say so that they would continue in the same ministry. He says, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents, signifying Satan, serpents and scorpions, signifying demon spirits, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing. Everybody say nothing. nothing. Say it again, nothing. nothing. Nothing, I've researched this in the Hebrew and the Greek, and nothing means nothing. And nothing shall by any means, hurt you. In closing, the late Warren W. Wearsby, great man of God, wonderful scholar. I have many of his teachings, writings, commentaries in, in my study library. My main library is at home. I don't have much space back here. And he wrote this. He said, great names come and go, but the name of Jesus remains. The devil still hates it, the world still opposes it, but God still blesses it, and we can still claim it. Amen. Hallelujah. We're all walking life. We're all facing stuff. There's always something that's negative that tries to hammer us. But we need to remember our name. What God has prophesied over us. And most importantly, we need to remember 
His name. And what that name prophesies and proclaims to those that will use His name for His honor and His glory. Spiritual benefits accompany the name of Jesus. It's my word of encouragement. Believe in His name. How many of you believe in His name? Those of you watching online, how many of you believe in His name? Believe in His name. Exercise His name. Not as a derogatory, not as an a, a, a anger display, but exercise His name. Not only in worship, but for kingdom building. Praying for the needs of others in the name of Jesus. Can you imagine when all the prayers were being offered for Damar Hamlin? Lord, touch him. God, have mercy on him. In the name. What name? Have you ever noticed sometimes people say, I want to thank God. You'll, you'll see interviews on TV. There are a lot of people who Jesus Christ is not their God. They have other faiths and other religions. I, I, I don't take and belittle anyone, but Jesus said it. I am the way, the truth, the life. There's only one way. No other name. No other name. So we need to believe in His name. Exercise His name. And exalt His name. Exalt His name. Together. By embracing His name. Do you know He'll empower your name? What do you mean? Well, when we understand what stands behind His name as we exercise and exalt His name, then God will begin to transform us from the inside out, and God will begin to use us to be a vessel of transformation in the lives of others. And people will say that Tony Byer, he loves Jesus. And I, I was going through a difficult time, he prayed for me. And God really came to me. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not just saying Tony, I'm saying all of us. We become the extension of the name of Jesus. Jesus. Name above all names. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. There's no name like Jesus. Embrace it this morning. Father, I just thank you so much that you're here. You love when people talk about your son. We exalt him. And I ask now that every part of this message would resonate in the body, the minds, and the spirits of your people. Lord, we reverence, we honor Jesus. His name indeed is above all names. And when we leave this house, may we continue to remember and walk and exercise the authority of that name. Name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the River of Life Church podcast. Subscribe and rate us right now on iTunes to be first to get access to new audio messages every week. Visit rolcdoylestown.org or like us on Facebook to always stay up to date on what's going on at ROLC. If you would like to support this ministry, visit the online giving page at our website. Join us next time for more from River of Life Church.